Well, this is my uh, routine often. Sit here uh, in front of all of uh, the things that you need to do to get your uh, face put together, right? And uh, it's uh, once a day I choose to pick up the mirror and look and do a little assessment of uh, what's going on with the face. Yeah. Here, uh, oh man. Hasn't been combed since yesterday, and you know what? It's windy out. No, no use messing with that. Uh, got the toothbrush. Looking over, I see uh, corn on the cob from last night. Uh, yeah, there's, you can pretty much tell what I had yesterday all day long. I've got uh, the electric toothbrush ready here. Uh, nice thick coating on uh, everything. Uh, that I see on my teeth, but you know what? I'm gonna eat again a little bit, so why why bother, you know, really? Uh, got pimples, uh, yeah. I guess we'd call this adult acne, yeah, there we go. Uh, you know what? It's in my jeans, there's really nothing that I could do about that. Um, beard uh, is uh, definitely Myron in need of uh, some work. Needs a, a good shave, got to the uh, shaving gel ready to go. But here's what I've discovered about beards. Have you noticed this, guys? It just comes right back, you know? So uh, why, why even mess with it, you know? Just set it back down. Uh, this mirror can be really discouraging. Have you discovered that? You look, you look close and you go, ooh, not so good. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, I'm not going to be looking at this the rest of the day. And, and I look in, uh, nose has got uh, quite a bit of green. Uh, but I got a cold, I'll be sneezing all day long, so, so why bother, okay? Uh, I'm really glad I only look at the mirror once a day. Uh, because uh, it, it really, it makes things hard. And... Uh, most of you uh, are thinking, I, I would never treat my mirror that way, right? I, I would never see teeth with food stuck in it and just say, oh well, and move on. I, I'd never see my, my hair as a holy mess and uh, not choose to do something. I'd never let pimples get uh, big and ugly and a beard that's all a mess and not fix it. But why do we look in a mirror and take immediate action? Why, why do we do that? Why would I look at all this stuff going on and say, I don't think I'm going to do anything about it? That's the exact question that James is asking this morning. Why even look in a mirror if you aren't going to take some time to fix what you see is wrong? Because that's why you look in a mirror, right? Uh, why, why even go there if you're not going to fix it and James is saying here today, give me your eyes, this is the key point of the entire book of James. You say that God's Word is the owner's manual for your life. You say that the Bible is inspired and its instructions are important and vital. If I'm going to be successful and blessed, uh, then I have to know God's Word. You say that you read God's Word and listen to its words. So then... James 1.22, why aren't you doing something about it? If you believe that really is, this is the mirror, 
God's word is the mirror that reveals stuff to us, then why aren't you doing something about it? That's the whole point of the book of James. James 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Or like we say in our bracelets, get your faith moving. Okay? I'm not just going to look in the mirror and see what's going on. I'm going to get it moving. Verse 23, here's the whole mirror thing. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, verse 24, and after looking at himself, goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. <laughs> immediately forgets all the bad stuff going on in the mirror. Okay? God's Word, the Bible, is our mirror. You understand? God's Word is the mirror that we hold up and it shows us what needs attention. Our words, our attitudes, our behavior. If it's a hot mess, God's Word says, you know what, you need to deal with the pride that you're displaying on the job. You need to dis to deal with the attitudes at home that are ugly and not appropriate. The mirror of God's Word reveals who we really are. And, and as you look in the mirror of God's Word, if you've got things caught in your teeth, it makes it obvious to us. It makes clear the hair that's in chaos, the pimples that need popping. Uh, the mirror of God's Word exposes my impatience. That, that's one of my big areas. And, and God's Word always shows me when I'm being impatient and being short on compassion to my bride, to my children. Uh, it's God's Word that reveals that I'm prone to self-pity and I sulk and I pout when I don't get my way. It's, it's God's Word, the Bible, that makes uh, like a CAT scan. Genesis to Revelation is a CAT scan of my life, and it exposes things like, I'm really enjoying the praise of people more than the applause of Jesus Christ. You understand? It's, it's the mirror of God's Word that shows us what's really going on underneath. Now here's the deception, you ready? Here's the problem that James is, is encountering here. We can be people who read God's Word. And many of you I know faithfully, every day, we read the Bible. We hardly miss. You could say we're religious about it, right? We, we don't miss because we love God's Word. We believe in God's Word. We listen to podcasts. We listen and read blogs. We, we go to the version on our phones. But if you don't take the next step, what's the next step? Uh, my hair is a mess. My teeth are, are looking really yellow. If you don't go beyond just hearing, uh, my nose is filled with green stuff, uh, and then we just walk away and do nothing. That's the point of the book of James. You need to take what you see in the mirror and put it into practice. We're not just hearers of God's word. We're called to be, anybody? We're called to be doers. We're, we're called to act and do something about it. Otherwise, we're just going through religious motions. 
If we're just reading, oh good, I know more stuff, I know more facts, and I don't act on it, I'm just playing religious games. Effective, growing, God-blessed, mature followers of Jesus Christ are not just hearers. We don't just look in the mirror of God's Word and say, oh good, that's good to know. We're doers. We put it to action in our daily lives. That's the passion of Pastor James. Do you recall? Pastor James was the pastor in the church in Jerusalem. And then in Acts chapter 8, this guy named Saul, and Saul became Paul, and he leads the persecution of the early church. And Acts chapter 8 tells us, because there was so much oppression and persecution going on, Christians had to flee the city of Jerusalem. Okay? Now James is writing to these friends, many of whom used to be in his church. He was their pastor. And now he writes to them, and he's saying, look at verse 22, James 1, be doers of God's Word. Got your wristband? Anybody have your wristband? Show it to me. You have it on, okay? Be doers. Get your faith moving. And I don't know how much longer the wristbands are going to be here. So if, if you haven't got one, or if yours broke, uh, we have them down here. They're at the Welcome Center on the table out on the back uh, parking lot exit, okay? So uh, get your faith moving, and this has been good for me already, okay? Looking down, put it in the joy column, Jeff. Get your faith moving. Don't just be a hearer of God's Word. Be a doer. Put your faith into action. Now, this morning we're going to see three specific areas where, Paul, where James challenges us. Get moving. Be a doer of God's Word. Now, here's the three areas. I'll give them to you right now and we'll look at them one at a time. It says, first of all, be a doer of God's Word and watch your mouth. Be careful with your words. Second, be a doer of God's Word and stay out of the garbage. Don't play in the sewer of this world. And third, we're going to see it says, be a doer of God's book and watch out for orphans and widows. Okay, very Three very distinct but very clear areas of our lives. Be a doer. Get busy. Work in this area. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read out loud. Uh, James challenging us, don't just listen, don't just say these words, be ready to put them into action. Verse 19, let's go. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looked like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, 
not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Let's pray. Lord, thank you once again, Heavenly Father, for your book. And thank you for uh, being our awesome Heavenly Father. Blessings and honor and glory and loudest praise like we just sang. We give to you. Thank you, Lord, for being our generous, kind, gracious, forgiving King. We often forget you, Lord, and the truth is you never forget us. When we wander away, when we stray, you pursue us, you call for us, and you passionately and lovingly draw us back to yourself. We praise you for who you are. So, uh, Lord, right now, would you come and take charge today in your church? Take charge today specifically, individually in our lives. We can do nothing without you, Lord. We acknowledge that. Lord, would you please uh, take charge of these goofy lips right now? And uh, we need to see a glimpse of your son, Jesus. Help us to hear From Him, the nudges, the whispers, the prompts, we're ready to hear and respond to You. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, James uh, is loud and clear here today. The problem with James isn't understanding what he's saying. It's, It's in the doing. Okay, so that, let's just acknowledge that he's he's bottom shelf. Uh, any brand new believers, even people who don't know Christ personally, can usually understand what James has to say. He, he's he's honest. He's clear. He's right to the point. And uh, here's what he says right off the bat: Don't just hear these words this morning. Be a doer. Start watching your mouth follower of Jesus. Uh, Start guarding your mouth and paying attention to your words. Verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters. Oh, he's talking to the family. Yeah, he is. He's talking to the, the family of Christ. People in the church family. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Pause. Where does anger usually stem from? Our mouths. That's where it begins, usually. Okay. So it's interesting, there's a a tie between our words and anger. Uh, Because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Slide down to verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves. And their religion, their faith, is what? What does this say? Harsh. Okay? A few of you got it. 
And when we don't keep a tight rein on our tongues, our, our faith, our religion is what? It's worthless. <laughs> okay? Uh, it, it's not worth a hill of beans. When, when we say, oh yeah, I love Jesus, I follow Jesus, and, and I don't get a grip on my lip, uh, practical impact is my faith, my testimony, is worthless. Make a difference, followers of Jesus. People who make a difference wherever they go and people sit up and pay attention, those are people who have learned how to guard their mouths and guard their words. Until we can grow up and start watching our mouths, people aren't going to be changed or touched. Because you're saying one thing, but with your mouths and your words, you're demonstrating something else. Two verses from the Old Testament are instructive. First, a warning. Proverbs 13.3 Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. Isn't that interesting? Guard your lips, preserve their lives. But those who speak rash will come to ruin. Allow your mouth to regularly get out of control. Give me your eyes. It will ruin you. Lives, mouths that are out of control ruin friendships. Words that come flowing out without any protection or any thought or prayer, they ruin you on the job. I'll bet some of you have had problems on the job because you didn't watch your mouth. Uh, out of control lips can ruin marriages, ruin testimonies. I've known multiple people who were godly, Jesus-loving people, but as soon as they got involved with sports, their mouths flew out of control. You ever seen that? People who are pretty calm, pretty reasonable, pretty Jesus-loving, and then you get them on the soccer field, and then suddenly now they're on the basketball court or the baseball diamond or the football field, and suddenly you go like, what happened? And their mouths are just yelling and and out of control, and I've seen opportunities to be a wonderful testimony thrown right out of the window. Why? Because when it came to sports, their mouths were totally out of control. Second Old Testament verse, this is practical. How do you get a grip on your lip? Psalm 141, verse 3. Jesus, set a guard over my mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. I just got to be honest. For someone whose job, whose ministry is to speak and talk, my gifts, my talents, uh, my abilities involve my mouth. It's stunning to me how quickly my mouth gets me in trouble. You'd think, you know, that, man, I'd have this down. Just not true. <laughs> it's just not true. So therefore, uh, Psalm 141, verse 3, has just become a regular daily part of my prayer routine. I'm telling you, this is critical. I just say this a lot. Uh, probably the prayer I pray more than any other, Jesus, I need you to set a guard over my mouth. Lord, please keep watch over the door to these wild and crazy lips of mine. Okay? Um, and uh, I, I just like you to say say it with me because I think this is something that might work for you because I, I don't I don't think I'm the only one 
who has a mouth that sometimes gets out of control. Here we go. Jesus, I need you to set a guard over my mouth. Lord, please keep watch over the door of my lips. I'm telling you, it's a great prayer. It comes straight from Psalm 141 in verse 3. Uh, James is going to return to this subject again. The Sermon on the Mouth, James chapter 3. So in, in a few weeks, we're going to get back there. But here's what he's saying here. Right as he begins the book of James, don't just talk and know and hear about the dynamite in your dentures. Here's what I, I want you to know. Take action. Get a grip on your lip, follower of Jesus. It's not a, if you feel like it or when you get time. No, take quick, decisive action, follower of Christ. It really matters. It'll ruin you if you don't. The second area of our lives, James says, I'm calling this the, the second area that we need to look at ourselves about, is uh, he says, don't just listen and hear the Bible on this, do something. He says, I want you to be a doer and stay out of the garbage. Stay out of the sewers of this fallen world. What do you mean? Go to verse 21, here's what I mean. He says very clearly, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Slide down to verse 27. Here's how he concludes this, this thought, last part, verse 27. And keep yourself from being polluted by the world. A couple thoughts. Moral filth, evil, pollution, uh, fallen sin, it's not new to 2019. Sometimes we think we're the first people who've ever had to, to deal with, with awful sin all around us. Just not true. James likely wrote A.D. 50 to 60, 20 to 30 years after Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Probably James is the first New Testament book written. That's what most uh, smart guys think, okay? So, we're not the first generation of Jesus followers to deal with this problem. We're not. All through church history, this dark, fallen, sinful world is a problem. However, you can hold uh, your device with you. Get it out. Some of you have it right here. We are the first generation that... We carry around with us and have access uh, to our devices, mostly our phones, but now our tablets and our laptops and our computers. We have access right in our pockets, right in our purses, uh, access to deprived, manure-filled images at our fingertips. You understand? It's, it, it follows us around. And everywhere we go... The access is there. That hasn't always been the case. There, there has been times where if you wanted to sin, you had to actually go and seek it out. Now, now it, it goes with us wherever we go. So here's the challenge. You ready? How 2019 do we stay pure and clean when there's so much moral filth and evil and sinful pollution all around us. How do we do that? Well, they already gave it away. Thanks, Brent. 
but uh, the, uh, the, the birthday boy is uh, 61 today. And yeah, and the old gray-haired guy is trying to, to stay with uh, the, the new trends. Um, the uh, youth pastor just before Brant said, you know, uh, you don't want to be a dinosaur. You probably need to, and, and this thing called Instagram, I don't know, six years ago or so, uh, and then slowly I've moved into uh, Twitter and now moved now into Facebook. It's, it's all new, okay? So I admit this is all new, but maybe my newness will help some of you who've been there for a little. How, how do you get control uh, and, and stay clean Okay, here's a couple suggestions from an old gray-haired guy, okay? Uh, here's, here's number one for me. Before I follow someone, I take a little bit of time before I say, yes, you're my friend. I'm following you. You're following me. I, I look at the pictures. Look at the pictures and look. And, and, and if they're showing too much skin, no, 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 you are no friend of mine. Uh, I am not following you, uh, and it's not just skin. If there's profane language all over or negative, ugly ideas in the feed, you're not on my friend list. No thank you. And if suddenly they develop new, new trends in this area, sorry, I'm unfollowing you. I, I'm, you're, you're, no, I don't want to see your garbage on my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, and frankly, none of us should want that. Amen? Amen? So, so just know, well, I might hurt their feelings. Yeah? Well, you might hurt your eyes. You might hurt your heart. You might hurt your soul if you don't take strong dress. I'm, I'm telling you, go on. Go on. I, I, I do it a lot. Nope, nope. Don't need that. You're gone. Okay. Second, some of you, here's the truth. I won't even... I won't even scare you with the statistics, men, but it's huge, and it's women too. Many of you are feasting on the sewage of pornography. Why? Because it follows you around. It's there with you. And I just want to say there's some great software you can put on your phone, you can put on your laptop, you can put on your computers at home. I'll give you the one I'm most familiar with. It's called Covenant Eyes, and it sends out reports and it says, well done, you did good, or um, it will send reports. Are you ready? Here's the big part. You pick some people who will get the report too, not just you. And now they'll hold you accountable. Does that make sense? And some of you are saying that sounds drastic. I just want you to know, if you're going to break the chain of addiction to pornography, you're going to have to take some drastic action. This would be a good step. Okay, covenant eyes, write it down. Uh, James is saying loud and clear and strong, be a doer of God's word. Fight the filth, fight to stay clean and pure in your daily lives, which means you might have to take some strong, decisive action. And I promise you, with this many people, some of you, that applies to you. Not just talking to somebody in the next row. I'm talking to some of you. And you know it's a problem. And you know you keep landing in that sewer again and again and again. You're going to have to take some action. Take, take, take this opportunity and sign up for Covenant Eyes. Okay? Uh, 
Ready to get, for me to get off your toes on this one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, third area where he picks up the mirror and he says, uh, you know what, there's one more area that I want you to not just listen and not just know about. Uh, I want you to be a doer and start watching out for orphans and for widows. Verse 27, here's what it says. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Look after widows and orphans or orphans and widows in their distress. You, you understand when he was writing there was no welfare, no survivor's benefits, no social security, no child assistance, no food stamps, no food banks, no free lunches at school. Matter of fact, if you were poor, you didn't go to school. So widows and orphans were pretty much on their own. Widows and orphans were, were mostly left to the kindness of family and strangers to help them survive. Here's what you need to know, okay? The early church, give me your eyes, was known for taking care of orphans and widows. Matter of fact, in uh, Roman times, you wanted to have the baby boy first. That was the sign of prestige. You had to have sons. So often, if you had a baby girl first, you didn't want a girl, you wanted a boy first. You'd set the girl outside the city gates and let the wild dogs, uh, let the cold, uh, let whatever take care because you're going to move on. You want a healthy baby boy. And that was the second thing. If the child had any defects, if the child was sick in any way, no, 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 we don't need, we don't want one of those. We want a perfect one. And they just set babies out by the dozens and let them die. Let them be torn to shreds. Okay? The early church was known to step in and raise those babies as their own. Pretty cool. And, and that's one of the reputations the early church got is that they accept, uh, they accept babies that have defects. They, they have lots of baby girls and they raise them up as their own daughters. It, it's amazing. They, they stepped up and they stood for life. And not just the lives of the unborn. And we should be all about standing up for the lives of the unborn. Can I just say something strongly? But we should also be just as much known for the, the standing up for lives of children who've already been born. Okay? So both. Yes, unborn, absolutely. But those who've already been born, okay? And, and they took in lots and lots to, to make those children a part of their forever family. And the early church was known for taking care of widows in the church community. But they were also known to take care of widows outside of the family of Christ. It was like, wow, these people are like in it. And people paid attention. And people slowly said, it must be real, this Jesus stuff. Because look, they're taking care of the nobodies like nobody else is doing. Again, no pensions, no Medicare. The church stepped up and acted. What's the challenge? That sounds good. We should be nice. No, don't just say it. Do something. 
get involved. And some of us here today, the challenge should be, um, I'm actually going to step up and check into foster care. Because some of you, you, you're wired and some of you could do that and be effective and actually make a difference in lives of children. Uh, some of you should consider adoption. But I like what Pastor Chad says, you better be strong. <laughs> you, you, better, you better be mature in your faith because it's going to be harder than you think. Isn't that right? Way harder than you ever imagined. But the Lord will give you the strength. Okay? Some of you are thinking, eh, I, I've, I've, I don't think that's me. Well, then you could step up and help those who are already done so. Jordan and Wendy Ray, they'll be your second service. Michael and Michelle Cole, Ed and Sherry Bradley, Chad and Stacy. You can help them because they've made that hard decision. You know, bring them a meal. Uh, give them some money for a date. Babysit. Card of encouragement. Okay? There, there's a practical something you could do. Um, next week, Operation Christmas Child begins. You guys remember that? We packed the boxes uh, and then we send those all over the world. Many of those who receive those boxes don't have one parent or both. Many. Uh, they actually, that's one of the preferences, is they make sure that the orphans in those communities are the first to receive the boxes. We also, as a church, support a group called Orphan Helpers. Ever heard of Orphan Helpers? They uh, sponsored the uh, Point of Grace concert last winter. Uh, Danielle Vuk, uh, she's well known around these parts. Email Daniel and say, Danielle, how can I help an orphan? I promise you she'll have lots of answers for you. Okay? Sister Church in Derryville, Haiti, sponsor a child. Many in Derryville are missing a mom or a dad or both being raised by a grandparent. See Julie Bradford today. Julie, are you here? Yeah, there she is. Stand up, Julie. See Julie, I promise you she'll get you signed up. Sponsor a child, very practical way to live this out. Thank you, Julie. And, and one more thing, uh, right now, John Lee, Todd Peterson, Ron Fila are with Russ Baugh in Uganda, the Way Home Ministries. Thank you, Chad. And that ministry is devoted to helping grannies. And in Uganda, huge AIDS plague has swept and it's left lots of grannies raising grandchildren. And they build granny homes and they do amazing work there in Uganda. So I, I would just say, talk to John or Todd or Ron when they get back. I promise you there's a practical way you can get involved in actually helping orphans. James says, be a doer of God's word. Do something. Do something. Get involved. Okay? So that's the orphan side. Now let's move to the widow side. Okay? And, and I just want to brag on Walloon Church here because we have some of the most amazing, godly, Jesus-loving widows who've lost their husbands. We really do. And these widows deserve our support, deserve our love, deserve our care. And uh, we need to know that. Now this is a very dangerous thing to do. Uh, some might even argue foolish because I'm going to, in advance, apologize. I'm about to miss somebody. I know that. But I went all through the directory, and, I, and I, I, I checked as far as I can. But I want you to know, these are, these are the names 
of the amazing widows that I remembered. And if I don't list somebody, come tell me and I'll add it for second service, okay? And I'll apologize if I leave you out, okay? Here we go. Amazing. Why are you doing this? Because if you don't know who they are and you're not reminded, how can you remember them and help and support them? Does it make sense? So if we don't list them, how on earth are we going to know that? Okay, so here we go. And I was surprised. I came up with 24 widows and two widowers. Okay, here we go. Joyce Fortune, Delphine Rokas, Ruth Fight, Carol Nason, Sue Bridenstine, Carol Horn, Joyce Elzerman, Beverly Ford, Nancy Sando, Diane Womack, Jen Vanderwall, Jenny Billing, Shirley Kirby, Leslie Wilcher, Linda Cadlick, Kay Scott, Carol Zinke, Jan Gilmore, Lee Cloyd, Darlene Katz, Judy Plank, Betty Van Zahn, Dora Boris, Ruth Hayden, and widowers, Dennis Chrisman and Carl Harmon. How many of you know at least one of those names that I listed? Okay, there's your assignment, right? I'm going to be on the lookout, and I'm going to say, Lord, I, I don't want to just be a hearer. I want to be a doer. What can I do practically to reach out and care for the widow that I know right here in the family? Here's, here's what I hear more than any of them. Just, just include me in stuff. See, sometimes when you lose your spouse, suddenly now you're alone, and one's a really lonely number. So when you're having a birthday party, invite them. When you're uh, having Thanksgiving meal, when you're having your summer barbecue, when you're going to Mackinac Island, uh, when, when you're having uh, BC pizza and you're going to go and watch the kids while they play, invite them along. Include them. Make them a part of you. Make sense? That, that's just real practical. Include them. Let them know that you belong and we want you with us. James, it's about as practical of instruction as you can get, isn't it? He's just clear. I'd call him pretty blunt. You can tell he's a preacher. He's just blunt, steps all over people's toes. But, but here's, again, what he's saying here, and he's going to say it throughout the book of James. God's Word is a mirror, and it shows you what's going on down deep. It's a CAT scan of your heart, your mind, and your soul. Please let God's Word show you what's wrong and then take action. Again, don't just be a hearer of God's Word. Put it into practice. Here's what he says. Be a doer and get a grip on your lip. Be a doer and stay out of the garbage and the sewer of this sinful world. And be a doer and help the orphans and the widows around you. you ready? Ready to be a doer? How many of you would say, Pastor Jeff, I, th I, think, I think I get it. I'm not just going to hear it. I'm ready to put it into practice. If, if that's you, say, count me in. Anybody else? If, if this is you, and, and, you're, and you're not just going to hear it, but you're saying, you know what, I, th I think I'm all in on this. I'm going to be a doer. Say, count me in. Count me in. I'm all in. Okay? And I'm going to pray for you now. And ask God to help us not just hear it, but to do it. Forgive us, Lord, of all the times and in all the areas of our life where we are hearers and knowers 
of what your word says, and yet we've had one reason and one excuse or another not to actually put it to practice and live it out in our daily lives. So would you forgive us of all those times? We're all guilty. I know that's true for me. I want to pray right now for my friends who, if the truth is known, their mouths are out of control. Some of the family here today, way too often we're saying words, displaying attitudes with our mouths that are just wrong and don't line up with your book. So would you help us, Lord, to do whatever it takes to get a grip on our lips, to get our tongues under your control? I want to pray as well for my friends who are living and getting polluted by this world time after time after time. And I suspect, Lord, there's some here. The truth is, pornography has them in a stranglehold. And they try to get out, and they try to get out, and they just keep getting pulled back in. Would you help us to have the courage to take strong and decisive action to stay clean and pure. And I pray for victory. Lord, even if we have to take drastic actions and sign up for covenant eyes and go to people that we care about, that we can trust, who will hold us accountable. And I also, Lord, want to pray for us that we'll get busy helping the orphans. Those that are involved in foster care and in adoption, Lord. Help us, Lord, to do what we can to help and support them. And finally, Lord, I pray for the widows who are part of the family here at Walloon. Lord, would you, would you show us clearly what we can do to reach out to the widow that we know and show us clearly what we can do to love on them and support them and be there for them. Lord, would you help us this week to be doers and not hearers only. Help us, Lord, to take strong action on what your book is very clear about. The, the mirror makes so clear to us. And we pray all of these things in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.